So there was a point during the school year that you both noticed a need, and you opened up your home for your daughter and her friends to come into your home, have fun, share some of the concerns, things going through their hearts about life and so forth. Tell us how this all started. I'll be honest. That's an awesome question for for my better half. <laughs> so it, it's funny because I've had a kind of a, a prompting for honestly a couple years now. We've got obviously an eighth grade daughter and it wasn't until we really started getting to know her friends and having them to our house and having conversations with them and kind of watching her kind of walk this journey of middle school these days that we noticed that there was an, a, a really big need for just a community for them. There was a lot of her friends that were not only unchurched or, you know, kind of went here and there, but it really was just a community for them to feel safe, to talk through life circumstances, what's going on in their life. Um, the fact that I could see they wanted to talk with me and Aaron. And so it was one of those things that watching her kind of walk life alongside this heart prompting of uh, that Aaron and I really were were meant to open our home and, and um, let God use us just to minister to uh, what I originally thought was going to be high schoolers, but clearly nowadays I feel like eighth grade is kind of high schoolish back in my days. And so to minister to these kids. And so we started kind of talking in February about kind of some vision I had about what it looked like, wanted to uh, open the home and just let kids come play games, talk faith, um, be with their friends. Uh, and then, you know, it was obviously middle, middle of winter in Indiana. And so it didn't really uh, come back up in like conversation with Aaron and I until the summer when, uh, we both really felt like God was like, okay, you know, you guys have a, a bigger mission here. You need to get plugged in. We kind of gotten back plugged into our church locally. Uh, and I just said, babe, I really think we need to start this fellowship thing and open our home and bring, you know, some kids in. Can, are you good with that? And he's like, Hey, if, if you want to do it, I'll do it. And so I reached out to some local friends um, adults and asked them if they would help with it if we started something like this. And they all were like 100% in. So we had this little, you know, gathering at our house and, and just to kind of update them with what I had in my brain, because I knew I needed their help to execute it. And so Aaron looked over and he goes, so, you know, wh who's going to talk? Like, what's the topics going to be? And I looked over at him and I said, I'm going to need you to talk and to teach. <laughs> and he just kind of giggled and laughed at me. And he's like, okay, I got this. And so it was really kind of this ongoing prompting that finally we just were obedient in it and said, okay, let's just do it. And we'll figure out what it looks like as we go. And that's kind of how it started this summer. Well, to fill the gap, she's always had a heart for, for kids. Not that I haven't. Um, kids aren't my passion. I didn't say I don't love them. I just, I love my kids, but that's not necessarily my calling. When she brought this, because I've led groups for a number of years and, but I've always led adults. And so when she's like, this is my passion. And then behind the scenes, I'm like, well, I guess I could lead this and kind of partnered with her and her passion. And that's what opened up that process. For me, it was twofold. I want to use my gifting of teaching. I never thought about kids, but to to Aaron, my wife's point, I wanted to lean in because our, our kids needed it. And so mine was out of a heart of, I want to know our kids. I want to know their friends. And I know that a lot of them are unchurched and they don't go to youth group or small group. And unlike when we were growing up where, you know, youth group is a huge thing. I think that there's a big miss in the capital C church 
truth doesn't change, but the avenue of how we approach it does. And so that's where we saw the need and met it. So from my perspective, it's her passion, my calling, we come together and all of a sudden it creates this explosion of, of kind of organic growth this, that makes sense. It does. Now, now you mentioned explosion. Uh, how many would you say came initially and uh, what was your, your biggest crowd, would you say? Correct me if I'm wrong, babe. I'll start. I think it was 32 was our initial first Yeah, week. 32 or 33 on that first week. Yep. And then it went like 60 within a week or two. And then all of a sudden by like week five or six, we hit like 90, 92, 93. And then eventually I think it peaked at our house at like 115, 125. And I'm like, you know, we have a decent size house, but this was like to the point where like you saw the shoes, we couldn't. You know, as you saw in the in the news article, when our pastor comes in, he's like, you're not going to fit these kids inside. And so we found, you know, that was kind of what the explosion was of moving over the churches. They got to the point where about 115, 120 was the max that we hit before we actually moved to the church and then opened it up to different schools. What are some of the concerns that you found that these young people are dealing with in their lives? Oh, gosh, that's a that's a tough one. I'll, I'll, I'm. I'm going to answer this one because it was funny. Like he said, I've always had a passion for youth. And um, I think with, you know, looking at these kids in my heart, even, you know, as a mom of a preteen a couple of years ago, I thought I had a couple of years before I was going to have to deal with some of the topics that I remember dealing with as a high schooler, you know, 15, 16 years old. I started quickly realizing that her friends um, were dealing with those same topics as, you know, 11 and 12 year olds. And so um, I think a lot of that boom or, or the, the exposure to a younger age has come from, you know, social media. Uh, we don't let our kid or, you know, our daughter have social media. And so we could kind of see a difference with some of the struggles she was having, um, in comparison to some of the struggles that, you know, her friends were having. And the common denominator is that they're just exposed to way more at a way younger age. And so we are seeing things like, obviously, social topics like, you know, the gossip, the the bullying, um, the boys, right? The boys situation for girls is huge at a very young age. Uh, we say, you know, that we do have some people struggling with even, you know, the sex, um, not so much alcohol to our knowledge at this point or drugs definitely have some that are exploring the vaping. Um, so it's a multitude of all different things, but one of the common denominators for all of it, whether it's social, whether it's, you know, um, you know, moral decisions really does have something to do with this social media thing. So we've touched really tough on that. We've tapped, we you know, covered topics like anxiety, depression. Uh, we've talked about suicide. We've talked about um, friendships and the positive or the, the, the desire or the need, I'm sorry, for having friendships that are going to be fulfilling and understanding even where taking it to boundaries and, and how boundaries are put out and, what a boundary is and how you incorporate it as a, you know, 13 year old and how it, you know, you're not mean to your friend, but that's a boundary that you have on your life. But ultimately we started out our first week on the topic of identity because, you know, through and through, if we can really truly understand our identity and where that comes from and where it doesn't come from and understanding who we are in Christ, that was one of the things that we, if we could hone in on that, 
all of the other issues that they're dealing with all comes down to understanding who they are. And so that's kind of where we've we've adopted the process of whether whatever topic it is, is Aaron really um, has come up with this theme of the look in at yourself, look out at, around you and look up. And so we always try to take whatever we're talking about, social media, sex, drugs, alcohol, fear, anxiety, suicide, depression, anything, friendships into the look in, look out, look up theme. And it really drives it home for the kids um, so that hopefully when they're going through a topic we've maybe not tacked on yet, they can adopt that thought process. Okay, look in, look out, look up as they're navigating life. That's awesome. The only thing I would say to piggyback off that is the number one thing I would say is you asked, what's, what's the number one thing that we're missing is a place to be wrong. These kids do not have a place to process their issues. And instead of it being a let's say an organization or a church or a small group or youth group where they just say, open your Bibles to this. They want to actually have a space where they can process the information. And so um, in my view, although the topics are needed and extremely important, things like social media or anxiety or identity, all those are absolute necessities. If you don't create the space necessary for them to process it with people, then they don't think rightly about the information. And so I think if you were to ask me, the number one thing that these kids need is not a place to be talked at, but a place to be talked with, if that makes sense. In, in your hearts, when you have seen what God has done with this, you know, you probably never imagined anything of this size or nature mm -hmm. occurring. How do you feel about this? <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> If you had told me six months ago, I'm leading 150 plus rugrats, I would have been like, you're, you're crazy. Like, that's never been my heart. Never, that's always been um, Aaron, my, my wife's passion. But um, I, it's what God can do through, I guess, two willing hearts. Uh, my wife's desire to make this a, a passion, mine to say, I'll teach. And God just opened the doors. And it's like what they said on the interview or what, you know, I think my wife says all the time, it's like, you know, you, you, you bring God a small amount and somehow he multiplies it into things that you can never kind of dream possible. So um, glory to God and glory to just opening up and using two people just saying, hey, here's our hearts. Here's our house. You know, here's our couch and seeing what God can do. It's funny. It's funny because, uh, you know, as we navigate, it's, you know, raising a teenager now. Uh, we hadn't really been the house, I would say, that that kids came to. We always wanted to be a house that kids felt safe coming to, but we really hadn't arrived at that place where, you know, kids would hang out on the weekends and things like that. So uh, it was funny because we started kind of opening up our home this summer or the past, the su past summer to, you know, my daughter being able to invite people over to hang out at the pool or outside or cookouts or have them over for dinner, whatnot. So that was new territory in and of itself for us as parents and just watching her, you know, become a teenager, but under, you know, some supervision. So I kind of chuckle sometimes because I went from, I think the maximum amount of people at my house at once was, you know, her, like a get together with some kids in the summer of like 20 right? And then, you know, eight weeks later, we're hosting fellowship night and maxing out at our house at, a, you know, I think it was 115 kids and we had 20 adults. So it was, when I say my house was packed, I, I, I said this in the interview for the news station, it was almost like the space kept multiplying however it needed to multiply to fit the bodies in. And it was wild because my neighbors would come out and watch. Like it just, I never imagined 
any more than, you know, we were hoping maybe for like 30 or 40 after the semester was over. And so to have 30 plus show up on the first week, we were just literally blown away, literally blown. And it was like, what are, you know, do we need to move? And I'm like, you know what, let's not try to control it. Cause I can tend to be, you know, a controlling, try, try to know all the answers. Let's just take it week by week and see what happens and see what the kids need. Um, even down to, we were originally only going to meet every other week or twice a month. And when we told the kids after week two that they had a week off, they were like, no, we don't want a week off. And so we actually invited them all back over that third week um, for a question answer session and s'mores out in the fire in August. If you could imagine how hot it was doing s'mores outside in the dead of you know summer at 90 degrees. So they didn't want to not come. That's when we started seeing that we we had our um you know, pulse on something that was a need and just being willing to let it happen organically and not try to control the outcomes, I think was huge for us uh, to just let, you know, give space for God to move. What kind of feedback are you getting from parents and from schools about maybe change that they have seen in some of these people? Yeah, that's, that's, we try to keep up one of our friends who helps run it um, really keeps a pulse on the parents and just like the conversations that are happening uh, outside of fellowship nights. And I think uh, the first, the first response of a lot of parents were that we were crazy for opening our home um, to that many kids. And then I think what they really understood though, is that clearly the kids loved being there and together. Right. And so the feedback though, is that even down to, to teachers and the schools, you know, saying what is going on here? We've got kids talking, you know, concepts that they're learning at fellowship night in the, in the lunchroom. And, um, you know, like teachers seeing the, the, uh, the camaraderie, especially of the females, like just having clicks and, and honestly drama <laughs> in the midst of their eighth grade year, they're seeing their, drama decrease and more um, community feel amongst groups of friends within the classrooms in the hallways. Uh, so they're even seeing, we're, we're seeing reconciliation of relationships that girls who wouldn't speak to one another are now, you know, asking for forgiveness and want to have a fresh start of a relationship. And so those are those things that we're, we're watching their worlds almost collide. We actually have two middle schools in our local school system. So we were only offering it to our local school system at first at our house. And so we've got two middle schools that that in the past really never meshed together. It was a little bit more of a, a rivalry a little bit within the school systems of North versus Central. And now we've got kids that are actually getting to know one another at separate schools, which is only going to help them when they go into the high school altogether next year, that they actually know each other and it's not awkward and they don't have to stick with their, their cliques and into what they know to be safe, right? It's pushing them outside their comfort zone. And so... I think that's the difference. But then also a lot of our kids that are are more from a faith-based home, we're watching them grow in their faith, their com their confidence to tell their friends their beliefs and inviting their friends to come with them and you know, stepping out and doing things that they never imagined possible, never talking about their faith to now inviting friends to their fellowship nights, right? So we're watching them grow in their own faith to not only grow their, their knowledge and, 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 um, their own lives towards Christ, but to also seek and save 
those who are lost, right? And and have a passion for their friends who don't know truth or have never had an opportunity to learn truth. So that's the growth we're seeing is in those concepts. And the the even the safety of coming up to Aaron and I and some of the other parents at sporting events and being like, you know, I really last week really helped me. I was really struggling or, you know, just, just pouring their lives out to us. I told Aaron, I said, now we're stuck with, you know, 170 plus eighth grade kids in our own, you know, in our lives versus one right now. So it just really is pretty incredible to just show when you have that trust in a kid like that, they really do lean into you. It just takes time to develop that relationship. You know, she's speaking, it reminds me of two, uh, I'd say three specific things. One, there's a, a girl that I, I see regularly. Um, she's an eighth grader and she's, I, I don't use the word popular as like, oh, she's pop. This one that kind of has the pulse of her eighth grade class. And I remember her saying, when I said, hey, so how is, how is fellowship night kind of impacted the school? And she said, the fellowship night has changed the face of eighth grade. I said, what do you mean by that? She goes, hallways are kinder the conversations are different are the 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 atmosphere and she goes prior to because we started about midway through the year she's like i just see the first half of the year and she's like just how much the tone and tension i said well you know an, an example is a kid that was in our 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 fellowship we specifically talked about one i'll bring up a topic i really tackled atheism and one of the phrases you know i got through saying at the end of it is something can't come from nothing that's a scientific impossibility. And I see this kid in the back, he kind of gives a fist. And I said, what, what is that? And he's like, atheism's dead. He's like, atheism's dead. The next day I meet a, um, uh, a middle school teacher and was talking with her. And she says, I'm walking down the, you know, the lunch, the lunchroom. And, and instead of hearing, you know, Oh, she said that, and you know, a person throwing a lunch ball somewhere. She's like, people are speaking. Did you guys hear atheism's dead? And she's like, you know, a lot of these people, the teachers, like, who is this? Or what is this fellowship? And how is this impacting? So it just, it reminds me, like, there, there is a, almost like a movement going on of a change in atmosphere, a change in discussion, a change in the direction of the eighth grade class. All right. Aaron and Aaron, I really appreciate you guys sharing your hearts with us. Thank you so much. We appreciate you asking. It was nice to meet yeah, we you. We appreciate it. Likewise. Yes, thank you.